Hello, party people. This is the Just Ideas podcast. My name's Andy. I'm with Andy, and these are Just Ideas. In this episode, we talk about Stanley Milgram's shock test, entrapment, and how everybody has their price. One day, Mr. McIntyre is sitting at home when his son comes to the door, back from a long day at work. Mr. McIntyre Jr. sighs and he says, Dad, something weird happened at work today. McIntyre says, what? And he goes, well, my boss came to me and he said, listen, McIntyre Jr., we th- we're supposed to do these safety checks around the store, but they didn't happen. So you need to backdate them, sign them, and turn them in on Friday, which really isn't the way it's supposed to go. McIntyre Jr. tells his dad he's very, very uncomfortable. What do you think of that? What do I think of that? Yeah. So the uh, well, that's the big question. Is that sooner or later everybody in life is faced with this question? It's an ethical question, right? Should I do this crooked thing or not, or should yeah. I report this crooked thing or not? And I would change around. Uh, I'm going to make up a scenario for you, similar to the McIntyre one. But let's suppose you're at work, and uh, you're you're like the the IT guy. Yeah. And a big vice president you've never seen before, a big company shows up and says, "Hey." Now, you know he's one of the top vice presidents and says, hey, here's my child's laptop. They're off to college. I want you to load all the company software onto their laptop uh, for free because, you know, uh, I want to I save some money on this kid. And you say, well, sorry, sir, the uh, company policy clearly says we can't. And in addition, it violates all kinds of national international copy. He's like, come on, forget about it. Microsoft makes billions of dollars. Just do it. I'm going to be back in two hours. I'm asking you, do you load the software? Uh, well, let me give you choices. Okay, give me some a, choices. Load the software. Okay. B, disappear and try to hide <laughs> from the vice president for yeah. days on end. Um, C, say no, but don't report him. D, say no and report him. And E, not necessarily exclusive to the others, do you think it's some kind of sting operation where, <laughs> where they're trying to catch you? So, what, what, do, what do you got for me? Oh, man. You know, I'm tempted to just be Mr. Morality and just say I wouldn't do it and I would report him. And you would report him. Well, I want to say that. But honestly, when you think about it, those types of situations really are hard. And so I feel like if I was put in that situation and they said, oh, come on, it's just Microsoft, whatever, then I think I would I think I'd likely do it. You'd load the software. I think I'd load you went the from you. You went from D all the way to A. You, you didn't stop <laughs> at C, spectrum. C or B. Just bam, you load the software. <laughs> I think I think if I'm being honest with myself, I think I would do that because it he makes it seem as though it's not too big of a deal and it's your superior and there's this test and I'm I don't want to deviate you from your point but it was by Stanley Milgram and he does this thing where he would have two patient or two subjects come in and one was behind a wall attached to a bunch of electric shocks and the other person would shock them based off of what the experimenter would say and he said if they give a wrong answer, shock them and go up in the voltage. And they didn't want to do it. They said, this feels wrong. But they kept doing it because it's part of our psychology to give in to authority. So, you're, yeah. So you're just you're just uh, admitting that you're going to fall for the Milgram thing. And, and the I'm authority figure tells. OK, failure. so so uh, here's the thing. I ask that question out a lot in uh, in business. That's one of the things I talk about in my ethics program. And you get very few people in real life. Who raised their hand. But then when I ask college students, as I just did, you get about 50% would load the software, 50% say they wouldn't. So you're in with the crooked half. <laughs> and then when, and when you ask them, interestingly though, um, and I haven't delved as deeply as I should, but the Milgram idea, the idea that I would just succumb to authority is not 
um, not one of the answers I've typically heard with students. It's um, I'm afraid if I don't, I'll get retaliated against. Oh, so like at least get fired? yeah, because okay. if I don't, then they'll they'll get me, lay me off or whatever. Next round of layoffs or whatever, right? They're, yeah. they're worried about uh, they're worried about retaliation, and then the other half of the people who would load it, they they see it as a positive development in their life. Like, hot damn, chance to be crooked for the vice president. This is going to be great. You know, yeah. they, you're watching too much Netflix. So they think uh, this is how you get ahead uh, in, 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 in the world. So in real life, right, uh, B is what a lot of people like to do. Remind us of B. B is um, avoid the situation. Okay. Right? Because everybody, when an ethical situation, you're a little young, but an ethical situation pops up and, and you're like, you know, oh. Right, it's like the worst news. Yeah. No one's like, hot damn, I've got an ethical issue to deal with. <laughs> right, it just never ever happens. It's always miserable. You know, it's uh, it's not it's not going to be any good. So humans like to um, steer clear of it. You're kind of going with the old uh, just doing what I'm told thing. Yeah. And there was a big culture in business in America that is, you know, if the boss told you to do it, didn't have to think for yourself. The defense was, boss told me to do it. Sure. But here's what we know in the McIntyre case and the case I gave you. The person who asked you to be crooked is a crook. So, like, you wonder, are they going to lie? Of course they're going to lie, right? Because <laughs> they're crooks, right? They're not going to, oh, he never told me yeah. it was against the rules. Naturally. Or he suggested, you know, you know they're going to lie because yeah. you already know they're a cheat. So, and, and cheaters lie. You pretend it's not that way, right? But, you know, if somebody's lying, it's going to be a disaster. Now I'm going to stick up for you here. Because you're, you're 21? 21. And, uh, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but um, <laughs> your brain is not fully formed. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I know no. everything. I, well, I'm sure you do. But um, the human brain forms completely in uh, mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, you probably know anything about this, but uh, many, half of our listeners will. Uh, the male brain forms more slowly than the female brain. Right? <laughs> so that, there's some sad news there. So you, you've got maybe um, six, seven, eight years before your brain's fully formed. Now, I wish I knew this when I was young because I could have used it as my defense because when I was 16, I had my own car. But I took my dad's car because we were going trail riding. Yeah. And I crashed my dad's car into a ditch. And boy, did he get upset with me. And I wish I could have said, well, you know, Dad... I don't have a fully formed brain here. I'm only 16. I feel like you're holding me to a to a fully formed brain standard, when in fact um, it, it 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 is not. So there's there's hope for you. Uh, and furthermore, to be serious, I mean, it's not a serious podcast topic today. Is that when you Andy join an organization, you will very quickly adapt yourself to the ethics of that organization. So they study with the New York police force when they sent the cadets right out of the academy, send them to a crooked precinct, they're going to become crooked cops. Send them an honest precinct, they're going to become honest cops. So you may be willing to load the software now. You join a company that you know has a big commitment to ethics and you see that people here do what they're supposed to. Within a few months, you'll be like, oh yeah, you're supposed to report them. Right? And it depends on the culture of the of of the of the company. So let's go down to E. Is it a is it a sting operation? Because <laughs> you'd be amazed when I'm out in the real world how many people feel like they're testing me. Yeah. And that's even worse. Those people are always like, nervous. Oh my goodness. So the good news is you're not allowed to test people. Okay. Because it's entrapment. And you can't why is entrapment unethical? Do you know? Tell me. It's you never, if, if you're not tempted, you don't know if the person would do it. 
Hmm. Right? So John DeLorean, you're, you're, you're going to remember that? John DeLorean had that sports car that was in Back to the Future. Oh, the DeLorean. He, the DeLorean car was created by John DeLorean. Oh, okay. And Bring he was trying to make that sports car into a successful business and it ended up fizzling out. Yeah. But um, he was arrested for uh, dealing cocaine. Ah. Uh. And uh, he gave... I don't know, millions of dollars to these Coke dealers, and they were going to bring millions of dollars of Coke into America, sell it for millions more, he's going to make millions of dollars, and he was going to use the money to save his sports car company. Yeah. Okay? So he goes to court, and he, and he uses entrapment as the defense. Now, mm-hmm. you're probably rolling your eyes thinking to yourself, that is a scam. But the truth of the matter is, DeLorean is living in this affluent neighborhood. There's a, there's a government informer, yeah. Who has been caught for crimes. His job is to find other criminals because he's got to turn a certain amount of people into the FBI to justify being let not prosecuted or not punished for his crime. Sure. So he comes up to John DeLorean and says, dude, I've got this way you can make millions of dollars. And DeLorean's like, what? <laughs> and, and like he's mind, like DeLorean's in his front yard. He's never thought about selling drugs. Right. <laughs> but now, but sudden, now the guy pitches it to him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, which is classic entrapment. Right? Okay, yeah, so I'm now if you're this. if you're selling cocaine, uh-huh. right, and then they make a deal to catch you, it's okay. But it never crossed his mind. That's what entrapment is. So at the core of entrapment being unethical is the premise that everybody has their price. Oh boy, everybody right? everybody their price. has their price, and I happen to believe that this is true. So what we're going to try to help our listeners with today is if everybody has their price. You should figure out what your price is at home. Figure it out today. So you don't snap it up at work and you don't <laughs> snap at something crooked for too low of a price. So you, you following me? Yeah, I mean, I'm following you. I think part of the game is another way of saying price is let's determine your level of morals, you know, and it's just. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Very good. You, you helped me there because what happens is people are, I mean, I, I hopefully everybody's worldly enough to know. Everybody has their price. <laughs> uh, does that mean nobody's ethical? And that's the point you just brought up. Yeah. Of course not. Ethical people have a high price. <laughs> Unethical people have a Very low price. Low. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so the higher your price, the more ethical you are. The lower the price, the less ethical yes. you are. Says says I. Yeah. Right? So so uh, here we go. I don't want to you know judge anybody else, but uh, this is me. Right. So I'll I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. I'll use myself. So let's suppose there's a young woman in my class. Okay. And uh, she finished up the semester with an 88. Needed 90 to get an A. So she's missed an A by two points. Terrible. Turns out she's a princess from Abu Dhabi. Oh. Her father, the prince, calls me up. He's like, I understand my daughter uh, missed an A by two points. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that's right, uh, your highness. (laughs) And he says, I will deposit $5 million into a Swiss bank account in your name if my daughter gets an A. Now, I don't want to lie to these people. (laughs) Princess is looking at an A for $5 million. And people are like, what's your rationale? Got five million rationales, and they're all over there in the Swiss bank account, right? I don't need to to sell myself that. $5 million, have an A. I'm willing to turn an 88 into a 90. That's the deal. Now, some people may be outraged. Hopefully not. The uh, good news is I've been a professor over 30 years. The best offer I've had was 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Back in 1988, someone offered me 100 bucks to turn an F into a C. I'm like, that's not nearly enough. Took the student <laughs> and the money down to the office, turned them in, felt sanctimonious for three weeks. So what you know about me is that my price lies somewhere between 100 
and five million because <laughs> I've stared down a hundred, and I'm telling <laughs> you, you that I would take five, five, five million. Right? That's <laughs> what the answer is. And I hope that I make it to the end because really, what you're doing is how much money do you have to take to feel bad about yourself? Yeah. Because really, what we do in ethics is we are as crooked as we can be. As long as we don't feel crooked, right? <laughs> so if you're going to do something full on crooked, you're like, well, that's going to make me feel bad about myself. Yeah. So you can cheat a little bit and be like, well, you know, round in air, not paying attention or whatever. Um, but if you're going to be full on crooked, you know, you're going to feel bad about yourself. So the question is, how much money do I have to give you to feel bad about yourself? And that's what it is. You know, and people who come from maybe a painful background, painful experience, price is pretty damn low, right? Pretty they're, low. they're willing to be crooked for anything, and, and you can calculate it. So the reason I tell this story is because people at work, you know, got a phone call from this guy back east. We, we caught this guy stealing a tank of gas. Tank um, of gas? Stealing a tank of gas. It's like always sunny in uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> he, he, well, he had the company car, uh, filled up the company car, then uh, had his spouse meet him there, and then just kept on pumping into her car. So he you know, took a whole tank of gas, and I don't know how he got caught, but they called me and said, you think we should fire him for stealing a tank of gas? I'm like, no, I wouldn't fire him for stealing a tank of gas. They goes, really? You wouldn't fire him? I said, oh, I'd fire him. But I'd fire him for being stupid enough <laughs> to risk his job for a tank of gas because that's yeah. what it really comes down to. So people pad their expense account, right? And then when you get caught, you ask them, why'd you do it? And the number one answer is, not, I didn't think I'd get caught. The answer is, I don't know. Just, I don't know. You know, you've done stuff. And, and, and when you're a kid, right, you're, you're down in the basement, you smash something, like something's broken, stuff splattered everywhere. Your dad comes down, why'd you do it? What's the answer? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And your parents, like, explode. What do you mean? You don't know, <laughs> don't right? Know. <laughs> but the answer is, I don't know. Because what happened was, I, I cheated on my expense account, and now that I'm caught, what was I thinking? The answer is you weren't thinking. Yeah. Why did you break that thing when you were a kid? I wasn't thinking. I wanted to Because when your dad's yelling at you, you're looking at the thing going, Dad, I'm as outraged as you are. Like, I literally <laughs> this is a travesty, Dad. I can't figure out what I was thinking, right? So the thing is, the point of today's podcast was, think about what your price is. Because you snap at something, then when you get caught, you'd be like, damn. I don't know why I did that. But the, you know, so really the punchline is very serious because we don't know why we do it. But if we sit down in advance and we think about what our price is, you're not going to snap something yeah. below your price. I think what I'm going to do from now on is when I get new business cards from OSU, I'll put Andy Brophy, major finance, and then I'm just going to have a number. And that'll be my price. And then anyone that wants me to do anything, I'm just going to slide, like in all those movies, slide it face down across the table and say, that's There's my, my price. price. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, if you, go, if you go to work for an energy company, you call me up and you say, Andy, they caught me. I'm like, what happened? Caught me with $5 million worth of petroleum buried in my backyard. Hey, you took a chance. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that makes sense. Yeah. Right? But this little stuff that people do, eh, yeah, it's a bad bucks, decision. Yeah, bad. Gas, sure. yeah, take a gas pad in the expense account. All yeah. right. Well, then you need to figure out your price, people. And for Just Ideas, my name is Andy, and that was Andy. <laughs> <laughs>